Yo, welcome to episode 7 of No Gatekeeper. This one is slightly different in that we've got Jamie Glyden from Spotify on the podcast talking to us about what clients look at when they're booking photographers amongst lots and lots of different bits. I hope you enjoy. This is a completely kind of new um, new kind of guest we have on today. Uh, the, the five people we currently have in, four people we currently have in here, very lucky people indeed, uh, as we have... Uh, Maybe one of the most beautiful men I know, uh, one of the most lovely men I know. Look at you all laughing. You know he's beautiful. You know, I don't have to push it. Um, we've got Jamie Glyden from Spotify. Um, that is not a fair intro. I'm glad this is being on YouTube because people can so Jamie uh, works at Spotify um, what's your what's your actual like job role at Spotify Jamie just for everyone here so it's um, it's called Artists and Marketing so I'm the senior manager of the Artists Marketing team we're a very very small little team it's currently me and um, my colleague Leroy based we're both here in the UK um, there's been years where it's just been me um, we've always been around a two person team and um, my role is um, making amazing creative projects with artists that we love. Um, I sit under the UK music team um, and a, a lot of my work is commissioning amazing creatives like Jules here um, on working on creative artist projects, um, which we at Spotify um, feel really passionately about and artists that we love. So I met Jamie um, 20, when was that, 2018, back into 2018? Um, so I met Jamie uh, literally, uh, I don't know, a week or so after I met the 1975. So my kind of uh, people that become very important to me kind of like as a photographer in terms of like clients and whatever. I don't like to refer to Jamie as a client, but initially we were mm -hmm. clients and then we become friends or whatever. Um, and so me and Jamie met at the, the 1975 Barfly show in London, um, which was like a big Spotify push. Uh, where the 1975 took over a tiny venue in the north of London and um, Spotify plastered it with all the artwork and la la la, it was all very fun. Um, and then from that point, I guess me and Jamie have just, we've worked on loads of bits and bobs really. Um, I think Jamie's worked with the 75 and a lot of stuff uh, down the years. And then me and Jamie have also worked on stuff that isn't the 1975. Um, and I thought Jamie would be an ideal guest for this and also a nice kind of uh, separation away from just talking to photographers because it's I think it's all good and well kind of speaking to photographers but it's nice to know like why people are hired uh, by certain people um, you know if you don't want to be a photographer but you want to work in the music industry what that looks like um, you know, uh, yeah, th there's loads of reasons why Jamie's here and he's a, uh, yeah, fantastic young man, if I do say so myself. Um, so Jamie, I think sure. what, what I, I will ask you first, my man, uh, as we get this whole thing rolling is, um, at, what, so basically, why did you continue to work with me? Like, what did I show you that people can take away from what I initially did um, from when I first met you to, to now where, you know, how many, we've worked on, what, maybe five projects together? Maybe like five or six. And, yeah. and some which are totally, like, very, very different yeah. to the thing that we first started with. So, like, if you, 
Jordan came with a recommendation from the brilliant guys at Dirty Hit. Um, we were talking about creators we wanted we wanted involved in this 1975 show that we were doing at the Barfly. It was 10 years since they played the Barfly, um, and we thought, what better way to celebrate it than to cram a load of the top listeners back into the same venue? Um, and it, it was amazing. But we were, we were like talking through who would want to come and shoot stills for the night, and um, I think it was Ed Blow at Dirty Hit was like. Honestly, man, we've just, just met this guy, Jordan, on one of the video shoots. He did such a brilliant job. We're going to keep working with him. Um, so why don't, why don't you have a little look and why, why not? And so much with artists, and Jordan, and you, you'll be able to speak for this, you can definitely get the most from an artist when they feel comfortable um, with the people that they're working with from like a video or a stills perspective. It can't always be the case because some people need to work with an artist for the first time. Mm. But there can be... Um, it can be a lot easier working with them, someone that they know and trust and having that relationship that you'd already developed meant that it was a no-brainer, especially then seeing Jordan's work. And I think, Jordan, you, have you come from, like, Glasgow or, like... Yeah, I, I can't quite remember where I'd flown in from, but I think, um, I yeah, I, I remember having to fly in, like, I remember having to get, like, the, the first flight out of wherever I was to, to basically to make it to the shoot because because the shoot was on the night wasn't it so yeah, it's an evening yeah. so like Jordan turns up like having you, you text me before like hey man I'm gonna be there as soon as I can I've like got an early flight and I'm, I'll be there don't worry Jordan turns up and obviously like when you're doing a show like that like a show day there's obviously multiple elements trying to go on and Jordan was just this like just he was so calm with everything going on which is a such a blessing and a, probably a takeaway for any young photographer to try and keep an element of calmness about you on a shoot like even if you're on the inside feeling a little bit different if you can try and keep a level of calm it keeps everyone around you calm jordan was calm and not really calm so efficient we probably had we maybe had 20 minutes penciled for like mm. shots with Dan, shots with matty um, and a few different like a few different styles and that inevitably with everything else got going on the time got shorter and shorter but jordan still did an incredible job and then when the actual show kicked off and um Live photography is obviously is a is a very different thing. Again, came back with some amazing, amazing shots. So from that point, not only did I love Jordan's work, but we'd also ended up getting quite a good little working relationship from quite a high pressure scenario, mm. and, and ended up delivering creative, which we were all so so proud of. Um, so and w- when it came to then working with Jordan again, I, was the second shoot a B one, Jordan? Maybe. Um, I'm trying to think now because I think. I don't know. Was it was it not Skep? No. I was Skepta, sorry. Yeah. So the following day became Skepta, again, like which was another big high profile one. And I really wanted to go to Creative who I really, really trusted. Jordan had already very quickly become that. Um we shot this like thing in Shoreditch, another little live show, which is amazing actually. Mm. Um and and from then I started using Jordan more and more for actually more um less kind of like straight up artist projects. So we did Another show in the electronic world um, mm. with a painting up called Alter. And that was a really fun little brief to give you, Jordan, because it was actually really far left. And I think actually would have been probably the only one which um, ahead of time I had to be like, oh, I wonder if Jordan's like, interested in this one. Yeah. It, was different, it was very different to what we'd normally yeah. shoot together. Um, and just consistently, every time I've asked Jordan to like work with us on something, he's come back with the most brilliant stills. And again, it's like with us as quite a small team when you're working with creative they really become part of the team 
So working with someone that you like really bounce off, really trust is, is a huge, huge, huge thing. So, mm. um, we've had a really great run of it the last couple of years. Yeah, I, 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 you're, you're right. I mean, did I, did we, did we kind of, did we swap contacts on that night at the 75? I mean, obviously I would have been, I would have been sending you stills and stuff that mm-hmm. night. So I guess, I guess we just stayed in touch from then. And it's funny because you do, the 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 longer you're in the industry you will meet people that you just automatically click with and like kind of vice versa you'll you'll walk into a room and be like oh this is going to be hard work because like it's just like a vibe show it's like it's kind of like a first date kind of thing it's like internet dating where like you turn up to the restaurant you sit down and within like 10 seconds you're like oh this is going to be long or you sit down and you're going to be like this is going to be class you know what i mean like it's it's it, it becomes very apparent very quickly um but I think I wanted to get into the weeds a little bit in terms of like more techie stuff, uh, my end in terms of me working with with you as a client kind of thing. Because um, yeah. my, every photographer I know works completely differently and my thing has always been uh, quantity over, sorry, quality over quantity, not the other way around. Um, quality over quantity. So in terms of like, you know, if I shoot... Um, a hour and a half 1975 show I'll probably have like 40 photos from from that like hour and a half that I'm like happy to share with the world and, and happy for the boys to use however they want um and that that number obviously increases or decreases depending on what we're doing but Jamie I, I wanted to kind of talk to you about how you prefer to work as a client and do you I mean, I know the answer to this, but for the sake of for the sake of no gatekeeper, um, do you brief how many edits you want, or are you happy to be like, uh, this is the minimal amount, and then go from there, or, or you know, how how do you operate, and how would you prefer to operate? Yeah, I, I think um, like thinking about it properly, I think it does become a, like a little bit on a case-by-case basis that depending I guess on the photography you're working with the experience they have um I guess how many times you've also worked with them but in general like when we're commissioning a creative it's because I really believe in their work and the work they're going to produce so when it comes to select I don't need hundreds and hundreds of photos I need like the ones which they are really proud of ones that they really believe in and we can start working from a smaller a smaller deck I'm, I'm much rather get 30 photos they really, really love, then 100 photos, which they're kind of a bit like, eh. And, mm. and amongst that 100 is some of their favourites, but they haven't highlighted them. Yeah. Um, I guess the way that I work is I'm so involved in the creative that there will be times where maybe um, on a still thing, like maybe some selects have come in and there's a moment I know happened, and I, quite, I think they captured it, but I haven't quite seen it. And I will then go back and say, mm. these are wicked. Um, there was a bit where, like, I don't know, like, with the example of 75 of that show, like, oh, Matty was, like, sig in hand looking this way. I think you might have got it. Did you Did you get that? Mm. And there's it, the same thing happens in video, like, it, with an interview. I'll make little notes they're asking, and if the edit comes back and it isn't including certain little things, I'll just call back and say, ah, I think there was this brilliant little bit. Could mm. we try and read that? But in general, I think that's what I said earlier about trusting the creative vision of the creatives that you're using, be it a photographer, mm. be it, like, a director. Um, so yeah, no, that again, don't don't need hundreds of stuff coming back. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think uh, yeah, that pretty much sits pretty well with my philosophy. I think what I think what I see a lot of the time is I get I get sometimes I get emails from people being like, you know, would you mind looking at my work and seeing what you think and stuff? And I think the biggest thing that I could say, kind of generally, is a lot of the people that are just starting out have like eight photos from the same show on their website or whatever, and it's a bit like. It just feels a bit heavy, and it feels, and it, and it also kind of shouts off that they don't have much more to show, like kind of thing, which is fine, like when you're first starting off. But like, if you're getting at a point where you're wanting to like show work to people, then like, I don't think having like more than like one, like maximum two images from like one show is is enough. Because like, I honestly like you'd be surprised. I've been on like people's websites, and it's like there's like you know 15 and I'm like yeah like I, I get it kind of thing but so it'd be good if you, you can show because again even from like a publication point of view like if you can show that you can take a hero image I think that that's like a really important thing and I, maybe I'm speaking on your behalf Jamie so correct me if I'm wrong but there, there, there does generally tend to be a hero image from a campaign that, that's taken um so I think if you can if you can show that um on your website rather than like overloading it with stuff and the same goes for like um instagram and stuff i think um instagram is a funny old tool which i'm sure we'll talk about at some point but yeah in terms of like being pretty specific in terms of what you're posting and not just going like whole hog like oh yeah like i i, I shot this um the show and here's 45 photos from it because people are going to be like oh my god i'm so bored of looking at xyz um <laughs> No, but for, you're, you're right, Jordan, and from a practical level, from like our perspective as Spotify and this is a brand, there'll be one hero image that you go to press with, and there'll be obviously the first photo that goes out on the global Instagram. And like, yeah. that there is like, w when Jordan will send me through selects, he will, it will be a small amount, but then you'll also highlight your absolute favourites mm. and maybe your like five favourites. Mm. And Jordan, you do that so brilliantly when you're on the road with 75, like, yeah. just as a fan, a fan who follows your Instagram, like, there'll be certain, from certain shows, there'll be one or two highlights, or maybe from every couple of days. Mm. And then it, I can then really, some of them are so, like, ingrained in my like mind, like the jump, mm. like, in fans, or, like, some stuff from Dubai. Like, there's so many iconic shots. And I don't know, if you were posting, like, loads, yeah. I don't, maybe it wouldn't have stuck with me as of much course. as they have. Of course. I, I, I think this comes back to the whole idea of, I, I won't go long into this, because this could, this could be, like, an hour-long podcast in itself, but I think society is at a level where it needs so much content to be to feel kind of content with what it's doing and that looks like you know uh like tiktok the way like operates where you like watch a thing for seven seconds and then there's a new one there's a new one there's a new one and you know or like call of duty where it's like you're like killing the guy and killing the guy and you're getting points and you're getting you know it's all like pretty intense whereas if you can kind of like slow it down and then like just bring it back to another level and just be like no this this one thing kind of sums up everything is um is something I believe in, and I think a lot of kind of commercial clients um, definitely uh, kind of enjoy. And from like a very practical level, like people like Jamie are fucking really busy um, and probably don't want to be sitting looking through uh, uh, you know hundred photos <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, so I think let's move on to your questions. So I think we will start with Lanita. Um, uh, uh, a Greek descendant um, <laughs> over here in my in my bottom right hand corner. So I think you you have a, uh, a question for for Jamie. Yes. Um, 
I'm actually really interested in like the behind the scenes, not necessarily photography. So Mm -hmm. I was wondering if there are any specific extracurricular activities or academic programs that I should pursue while I'm at university that would help me set me up for a successful career in the music industry. Great question. And it's also, it's really funny you should ask this because I don't imagine you know my my background, but that is like, it was a university like initiative, um, which ended like, I can really, really thank as to where I am now. Um, I guess the first thing to say on a very practical level is that there's obviously lots of different societies and stuff to like, which are very unique to each university. And there's, it can be like from journalism to radio, which I'm going to talk about in a bit. But I think the overarching thing here, and before I start talking about myself, uh, is um, to try and like with any of these situations, it's very rare, like, for example, at my student radio station, which I'm going to talk about in a bit, there was no like record label execs or like Spotify execs at the radio station ready to like scout and hire uh, like a 19-year-old student. But what it was doing with this opportunity was, was like building, for me, the experience and also building like this story and narrative that when the opportunity came, I could really like jump at it. And I'd really given the best chance of like what I'd done in the years before that opportunity suddenly arrived to like really grasp with both hands. So I think really as an overarching thing, anything you can do, be it like blog writing, even if it's not part of a society, like spending time going through Instagram and finding like brilliant young artists you love and posting about them on your socials, like anything can be a great thing um, to do. But I think in terms of like specifics, I like way I ended up Spotify was through student radio. I am, as a kid, I was like an absolute radio geek. Like I didn't, I didn't know anyone in the music industry, like not a soul. And I am, so it wasn't because you don't know anyone. It was never really like a, it wasn't really a dream job in a sense that, it wasn't even a possibility. So I wasn't like, oh, my dream job would be work at Spotify, like doing creative. Um, I guess the dream job would have probably been like to be like a Radio 1 presenter because that was what I spent so much time listening to. It was kind of the only music industry job that I knew existed. Um, but I would listen to the radio like all night. Like I'd be asleep in my first two lessons at school and the teacher would be like, why are you like asleep again? And it would just be because I just listened to Radio One so late into the night. Uh, Annie Mack and Grimmy, you might not mean a lot to you guys are American, but um, George will certainly know. Mm-hmm. They used to do like a late night show from like ten till midnight, and they, I can't remember who'd be on after. But they introduced me to so many of my favourite artists, like Jamie Woo and James Blake, and hearing them like eerily at night that late was kind of amazing. And when I then went to university again, I didn't really know what like music things to do um i joined the rugby society because i played a lot of rugby growing up straight away but i am um, from a it was only like till i saw a stall walking around the freshness fair which is like where all the different societies are like set up um and there's a little thing for forge radio and it was our like the sheffield uni student radio station and they were like yeah yeah no like just like you can just fill out this little form here as to like what you'd want to play if you had a radio show with us um and we're kind of like we'll let you know if we're interested or not and then me and my housemate who we've gone to the fresh fair together were like we should just do it we should just like you know like why not what's the worst can happen and then god knows why but they ended up giving us us a little show together 
And it was like, honestly, looking back to my fondest memories of uni, they had like a tiny little like radio studio. We had no idea what we were doing, like, all the buttons and all that sort of stuff. But we just got to like play tunes and talk about like artists that we loved. And well, the two of us are doing it, like one of my, still one of my best friends, Tom. He enjoyed it, but it really clicked with me like in a different way. Like I really loved it and I really wanted to prep for, for each and every show. And um, it meant I actually took on a second show just myself. And uh, that's where I really started to kick on with it. Um, and I literally would have been broadcasting to probably about 11 people, but all 11 were like my friends and family. And it was great. I was doing shout-outs to them on text. And on the <laughs> it is somewhere on like the deepest, darkest depths of mixed cloud. And I, I hope it doesn't miss out at some point. But uh, honestly, those like little those little like radio shows were what made me really be like, wow, okay, I would love to do this in some form, like working with artists, shouting about artists, like had my little mates come on and play with their guitars and like play little like what we called like live lounges, but just them sat next to me in this like tiny studio. Um, and what that meant was that uh, there was a job advertised uh, at, uni, at uni being like a spot, what was called a Spotify brand ambassador. And the concept of it is that uh, it's better to have like a student on the ground talking about your brand than it is having like you know a 30 year old in an office talking about your brand like students know other students and i'd been doing a bit of work um that sort of style work for a few other clients but when uh, the spotify one came along i was like wow this is this is the thing i have to jump at and um i managed to get the job and i that i was told later that was all down to the radio shows like i sent in like some clips of what i'd done and I just basically shown that I was really, really keen from a music perspective. Um, that role entailed me like being a the brand ambassador. So I was putting on like little acoustic nights. I was partnering with like DJs for certain things, working with sports teams, getting them making their playlists and posting on their socials. And this is back in. So I started that job in 2013. And um, when I graduated, I joined. Um, I was very lucky to be asked to join as an intern for Spotify. Again, that was summer 2014, so a long, old time ago now, looking back, we're going into 2021 next year. And it kind of, like, as a career for me, went from there. Um, I started as an intern in the little marketing team and then moved into the record labels team, um, started working with a few indie labels um, and then a major label with Warner. But the thing that I was always doing and never stopped doing was like, all our creative stuff. Like, I used to help out doing, like, Spotify sessions. In fact, this is a Spotify sessions poster. <laughs> And with a band called Parcels and um, doing all of our like social content. I remember like I was at one point, a very surreal moment in a lift with five seconds of summer with a GoPro on my head into <laughs> because like at the time we didn't have anyone else who would do that. Like of course I'd do it because I'm happy to do it. Like, <laughs> um, it wasn't until we got big enough as a company that we had a then like this artist marketing team that I've now been a part of. I could then really just focus on doing all of our creative initiatives. So in answer to your question, Linnea, uh, in a much shorter sense, if there's student radio <laughs> on campus at Georgetown University, like I would absolutely jump at it. Um, there's been some other people who I now know, like Jack Saunders, for example, who's um, he's got a show on Radio 1. He's someone that I knew like from, we used to play rugby together when we were younger, but I used to see that he used to do student radio over in Nottingham, and that's gone he's gone all the way through and stayed within radio and done an amazing job. Um, my friend Evie, who manages an artist, she started off in hospital radio. I think it's a really great way as like a grounding 
to like talk about artists that you love. Mm. Do you, um, is, is that a thing at, at Georgetown? Yes, we actually do have radio, and I have a show. Yeah, so I totally was on the same page, so that's perfect. That's sick, man. So, what what have you been doing on the on the radio recently? Well, because of coronavirus, we haven't really had that many shows. So sure. I've been writing articles, okay, um, ranking and rating songs by artists. Okay, sick, man. It sounds like you're you're definitely like on the on the right road uh, of uh, extracurricular activities. By the sounds of it, um, yeah. When you when you write about these artists, when you play these artists, are you like, um, are you getting in touch with them on social media and like letting them know that you're shouting them out? No, I should. You really should because like, there's artists who, from like when I was like doing this, when I was like eighteen, nineteen, who at the time it was Twitter. I was like, at, like I'm now playing so and so, and some of these artists who were still like who were pretty small at the time have gone on to have done really well and. It might have been a little reply from the artist, or it might have been like them retweeting it. But like, it was a huge, huge thing like for my confidence at the time, and it also meant that I met some other, um, other like fans of those artists. And like, you can end up like I actually met a girl called Hannah, who I've now worked with for years in the music industry. Who she just saying, "Oh, I've seen you tweet a lot about Billy Martin and the Staves. I love Billy Martin and the Staves." And so you should definitely like it's, it's, it's the same with your writing. If you're writing up blogs and stuff on artists you love, like I'd always encourage people to. Um, really try and dig deep and find some developing artists as well because at that stage developers really want to be written about wherever they can mm. because it's helping them as well so um, if you're doing it and you're doing all the hard graph make sure you tag them on socials and, and you know and they never know they might reshare it mm. and were, when you were doing that Jamie were you doing that kind of directly to the artists or were you going through did, did some of these people have like PRs or, or management and stuff no I didn't even know what a PR or management was <laughs> my handles atting the artist like yeah, yeah. now playing so and so on like radio or it, I love this song by so and so it's quite it, the, the early I'm going to sound like an old man now the early internet was quite a romantic place in that you could do that and it, you, obviously you still can do that and that is still like a viable option but like I remember getting like my first photo passes from messaging bands on MySpace and being like, yo, like, you're coming to Birmingham, can I shoot your show, and I'll give you the photos for free. And they were like, yeah, sick. Whereas, like, that, it, that is mad, do you know what I mean? Like, it, the bands that I was messaging were, like, pretty kind of, you know, small punk bands. So, like, um, it's probably still the case today that you could DM them on Instagram or whatever and, and photograph their show uh, at the Dome in, in North London or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I think, uh, I think those options are still... Still, absolutely there um, for you, for you, Lanier. And it sounds like you're on the you're on the right path for uh, for, for doing that. Have you? Is, is there anything that you're doing? Kind of. I I was talking to someone last night in terms of that they, they were talking about how they they're struggling because they're from Costa Rica and obviously there's not as much kind of like opportunity than like, as somebody in the US or or in the UK or whatever and. Me and uh, Louis Brown, who was on the last one, were basically talking about how trying. I know this is kind of like again romantic in a sense, but I'm trying trying to turn a uh, a difficulty into a win, really, in terms of like trying to figure out what you could do in the meantime whilst you can't be in the studio and stuff. So, is there anything that you 
you know, maybe have a think about like potentially what that looks like. Is there like some kind of like COVID <laughs> thing that because because no gatekeeper has been born from me being at home a lot. Do you know what I mean? Like this whole thing is because there's a virus that, and that means that I can't talk. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So maybe there's like a there's a section of your like extracurricular activities that you couldn't do only now, now that everyone's indoors. And I think there's like especially for gatekeeper as well, there's like there's an appetite for people to like be inside, having chats with people and la la la. Whereas like maybe prior to that, maybe people were like weren't that like into like talking to strangers for an hour. <laughs> Whereas now people I think are a little bit more. Um but yeah. Um is that does that answer your question, Vanilla? Yes, thank you very much. Of course, of course. Is Georgetown, um, I might be completely wrong, is Georgetown where they shot The Exorcist? Yes. Very sick. The Exorcist, I went there for Halloween last that's, year. Oh, that's class. <laughs> uh, that's, are, you, are, you a, are you a horror movie fan, Jamie? No, I'm absolutely not. Okay. Fact, I actually avoid horror films. When so, you said that, I was like, no, because um, I think I think when you Google like as as people do top ten things to do in Georgetown, it's like the Exorcist steps. Go to the steps. So Jamie, this is the steps where a priest uh, basically uh, ends up being killed by the devil himself, uh, throwing himself down the stairs. So it's pretty oh, wonderful. Yeah. Sounds like a lovely little evening walk. It, it's pretty brutal, but Georgetown looks beautiful on the movie, man. I don't. Know, I, that, I mean, that was like forty years ago now, so it might look bad now, but I'm sure it looked cool. <laughs> no, it looked. Beautiful yeah, style. it looks very. Uh, beautiful. Back in the studio soon, and I really yeah. enjoyed. Um, I, I wish I. It's, it's something that I like really, really miss. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, so, uh, Linnea, once you're well, did you have like recordings of your of your radio? I don't know if they record them. I don't think they do, but I will ask. Yeah, do it, man. Do it, and and, and send it my way, and I'll uh, afford it onto oh, Jamie. Fine. Yeah, I'd absolutely love to hear. Yeah. I think that um, I, I don't know. If, again, like I, I, it was a long time ago now, but like I was, you had to record it yourself. Like there's a software that you could record it. Oh. And I ended up um, Mixcloud at the time. I think and even Soundcloud was like pretty. You could upload a lot of stuff to it. I think now you're only allowed to do a certain amount, amount before you have to pay for it. Um, so I've, I've got a couple. Like I think I've only got like two shows and a very like old. Um, link, but you should definitely try and do it um, because it's just literally, as I said, like when these little opportunities come along, like a chance to intern somewhere or just to go for a certain job, and you can literally hyperlink. Like I would, I would have done that to get my job as an intern, um, and also to get the student job. And like I do a radio show, like obviously you can't join at this time or a certain time, like but here's like a link to my thing. You have a little listen to what I like and how I present, and like we've I've laughed with like old bosses like saying yeah yeah no we listen we listen and, like, <laughs> and they're like no it was great it was like really i had like it's ironic like my old boss laura is brilliant she hired me the record labels team she still recalls that listening to one of the radio shows me banging on about 1975 chocolate that's like my favorite new song like a song <laughs> i can't play and like it's how ironic like that i've gone on to work with like they are one of my favorite bands and work with them so much and mm. How at Jordan, and you know, it's, it's great to have all these things recorded. It's a small world. It's a very, very small world. Well, uh, thank you, Lanier. That was very, that was a very good question. Thank you very much. Um, so moving on, I'm just going to do um, maybe Nora. Hello. Yeah. 
I think you're right. I, don't, I wouldn't get too bogged down in that. Um, mm. There may be other benefits, like, um, which come into play. But no, I, I think it's more like really trying to get your best authentic work out there. Like, and again, that all becomes personal. Like, I love like a really clean, creative, and like stuff that really like cuts through. Mm-hmm. I think one of the cool things about um, having so much time this year and trying to find a silver lining from it is that it's given people the chance to experiment a little bit more, maybe. Mm-hmm. I've started to see um, creatives do new things, which I'm pretty sure they haven't done before. Mm-hmm. And that kind of having that freedom to do that has been, I think, had a great. I've certainly seen some amazing work, which I wouldn't have expected to see from that person. Otherwise, like in terms of social media and networking, I don't think I don't think there can be any. Um, I don't think it can be understated what just reaching out to someone um, or commenting on people's work that you love, telling them that you love it. Mm. It's a tiny little thing, but like it goes a long way in like the artist community and the creative community if you if you end up finding um another young photographer on instagram whose stuff you like just messaging them saying hey man i just found your stuff it's wicked like mm. i really love it like yeah I, young artists, I think that sort of you never know what that connection and again they might have 400 followers or they might have you know hundreds of followers but like you never know what that connection could end up leading to mm. I, I i'm glad you mentioned that because i think that a lot of things that I come back to on these sessions is is taking the competitiveness out of the arts. And so, I mean, like I, I've said again, time and time again, like this is my personal opinion, but I just, I feel like competitiveness on a level where you wouldn't message someone that their work's good because you think they're a threat to your own work is mad. But it happens. Do you know what I mean? Like it, because because you're gonna have peers who that in your world feel like they're on a similar level to you, and you're all trying to you know you're all trying to get to the next level, and you're all trying to do the tour, and you're all trying to do the next photo shoot, and la la la. So like, you know, maybe I mean I might just be outing myself here, but I'm I'm sure it happens to other people. But like, I think sometimes there's an idea of like, oh, but like if I if I'm like yeah, this is sick class. It feels like you're like pushing them further away from where you're trying to get to, if you know what I mean. So I think Jamie hits on like a really good point of of that kind of community can really help and benefit everyone rather than just yourself or or just the person. I think it's definitely like a nice thing for everyone to kind of like, uh, yeah, be appreciative of each other and kind of and boost each other up and and you know recommend people for jobs if you can't do it or you know all, all that kind of thing. It it. it because it, it will always come back around, man. Like, the amount of jobs that I've been um, asked to do because someone I know, I've got them a job before and then they kind of repay the favour. And, you know, I think it's, um, I think, uh, yeah. But I think I, I think a lot of the time, Nora, I think it just, it comes down to being really lovely. <laughs> um, it comes down to being, like, super nice and, um, and wanting and, and having clients want to work with you again and again and again. Um, so I think, yeah, I think of those kind of few bits will, will definitely help. Um, and then you, the back end of your question says, like, kind of following on from networking in terms of, like, what you can do to catch your attention, like, with visuals and stuff. And like, like Jamie was saying, in terms of having a really solid kind of, like, social media look and la, 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 I think 
me and Jamie were talking about this you know, on on my personal level actually yesterday. In terms of like shooting stuff that you want to then shoot in the future, um, you know, not just not just being like you know. Um, so, for example, be like if you want to do uh, if you want to be like a car photographer, for example, but like don't be photographing plants because that ain't gonna help. In, in the short term, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, start doing stuff that you would like to get booked for and show people. It's a bit like Jamie was saying to Lanier in terms of the radio station. You you do something with a future plan to then hopefully do that for somebody else. Um, so maybe have a think about what that looks like for you, like what kind of clients you want, Nora. Um, you know, what, you know, do you, does it want to, is it a rapper that you want to work for? Is it a guitar band? Is it a metal band? Or, you know, outside of music, is it is it a trainer brand? Or is it a charity or whatever? And then kind of like, shoot some stuff around that, basically. Yeah. Um, does that answer your question, Nora? <laughs> sure. Thank you for coming. Much appreciated. Um, now, I think, Connery? There he comes. Just... Slowly, sorry. There we go. Sorry, some, some fireworks have just started outside of my window. Now, they're oh, either they're celebrating the eve of the English lockdown, which is interesting, <laughs> or um, they're uh, anticipating a win in the US election for someone. I don't know. I'll have to look at the colour of the fireworks. Um, yeah, so I don't know what's going on, but if you can hear this on the recording, I apologise. But um, yeah, Connery, uh, please ask your, ask your question. Yeah, you picked a hell of a day to do this. I know. I, I'm, I am. When, when I did this, I was like, that day is a nightmare, and I don't know why I've done it. But yeah, I, I can take your minds off it for an hour or two. Yeah. Now, now you said that, I'm going to think I'm wearing red, which is like... Yeah, well, you know, we all, we all know no. where... <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was, that was not, uh, yeah, I, sure. <laughs> I good, got bro. a little bit of blue on, so I, I'll uh, we'll we, balance each other out here. We good, <laughs> we we good, man, we good. Um, yes, go on, Connor. Um, so my question is kind of like uh, something that I personally struggle with a little bit. Um, how for both of you, how important is it for you to like establish a cohesive visual identity across all of your work? Um. And like, has it ever hindered that progress, uh, mm. like of your own work when you're like consciously trying to keep this like common thread of sure. you know either visually or subject matter wise, or whatever? Um, just because personally, as somebody who has a vision for what I want to make, mm. and then coming into contact creatively uh, into relationships with other people who I'm working for, or who I'm working alongside, how do you balance that? Here's what I want to make versus here's what you want me to help you make <laughs> yeah I, I guess i guess me and jamie can go back and forth on this a little bit because it, yeah because it, it's it's a really interesting question in that and i i've never actually spoke to you about this jamie so i guess this is an interesting thing for me as well um obviously jamie you hire creatives based on that you think they can achieve what you need them to achieve right but yeah. is there but, you know, like, for example, when I did, um, so we'd done the 75 stuff, and the 75 stuff had, had kind of come through the 75 anyway, so I was kind of pushed to the front for that kind of thing. But first, for, you know, like, when I did, um, 
when I did the the kind of dance stuff with you, which is kind of yeah. kind of very separate looking to what I've done in the past. So so Connor, just for a little bit of context, um, what well, remind me what the yeah. So it was um we have a dance playlist. It's an alternative electronic playlist called Ulta here in the UK. Um and work in the last year creating like a real visual world around Alter and it's actually really far left like really cool it's one of my favorite projects I've ever done actually and and it's a real like fun exercise because the creative is so much like I don't know what you call it weirder Jordan like it's just it's yeah very... I get because I'm trying to think back to our kind of email conversations because you you come to me with a very kind of uh succinct idea of what you wanted it to look like but then at the same time you were like what do you think right yeah you were like what you know do you think you could bring anything to this thing what you're looking at and I think it is usually like a collaboration between photographer and client and um, we will kind of specifically talk about your question but this is a kind of a roundabout way um because the, the style of photography that I did for that it's something that I'd never really done before. So, like, you wouldn't be able to look at my portfolio prior to what I did for Jamie on that on that shoe, and be like, "Oh yeah, let's get him in because he's good at doing our creative thing that we want to do," kind of thing. But I guess that I guess that goes back to what you were saying before, though, Jamie, in terms of you just having the confidence in a creative that you uh, that you can collaborate well, and no matter what kind of um, aesthetic is put in front of them, they can achieve it. Definitely, and I think like the, the how excited you were about the brief, like I really kind of gave you like free reign. Like, I was yeah. like, I want this to be uh, like I probably would have given you a couple of visual references, um, and we'd be like, this is a real chance for experimentation. Like, is that something you're up for? And you were like, instantly, you were like, yeah, man, like I'm thinking this, this, and this, and that was like, you know, confident enough for me. I was like, I know Jordan's gonna do a great job on it. Um, I think this like I think it's a really good question you asked, Connery, because you can come at it from a like. A few different perspectives as well like for me like creating a cohesive visual identity on a project by project basis is for me the most important thing that i do like so for example i've just worked on this beaver doobie project which i'm really pleased and i worked with jordan on it and I'm really proud of it and like the creative narrative that we uh, worked on around with that these like taped on flowers and this same same creative working with this amazing designer called sam burgess johnson there's a lot of 75 stuff. And um, you'll see the same creative narrative across that project on platform, like on Spotify. We made a magazine for like top listeners. Um, it was actually on like out of home billboards here in the UK, in the US. Like the, the narrative around the B project visually, I keep, I take a real responsibility to make sure we create a real 360 world. So everywhere you're seeing it, it's the same sort of visual touch points. And I think that for an artist project is huge, like, like be it around a whole album campaign and um, or f certainly for me at Spotify, trying to keep little visual elements to make it feel right. I think actually hearing you ask the question, I think you're actually asking it more about like how you create a visual identity around your own work as a creative, is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 as an artist yourself. Yeah. How does that translate? Well, I think, I think there would be an element of it for it to be important for you to feel like you're like building your own visual identity to an extent. The way that I come projects with artists is it's always very artist first. So like if I'm working with 
Skepta, it's very different to how I'm approaching, like creatively, how I'm doing a project with Diva Doobie, say. And it means that at the very core of it is the artist that I'm working with. And um, therefore, I think the visual narrative could actually change because it's actually just about nailing it for the artist. And Jordan, I don't, you'd be better to speak to mm. about that from a photographer's perspective if you feel like your style changes. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess you, you, you do have to be fluid, um, but then there does need to be like a, yeah, like you said, there needs to be like some kind of common line through your work. Now, for like, I, st I, I guess I don't really know, I guess, I guess Jamie, you're better placed I, I'm not just batting this back, but you're you're kind of better place to to answer this for me personally, because if you were to ask me what my common thread is of 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 photography, I don't really know. Like I just I think that's the beauty of photography, though. I think that you, the way that you see shit is the most unique thing about what you're doing. I know that sounds a bit like wishy washy, but there's there's nobody. It, you know, like, if I gave all of you here now all of my cameras and all of my equipment that I do all the 75 stuff with and said, work for 75 for a day, you'd all get completely different photos from from what I do because just of, like, the things that I like, the the, the aesthetics that I like, the angles that I like, you know, the, the, the culture that we consume is kind of subconsciously on the back of our mind in terms of how we like to frame things and, like, you know, do you watch Kubrick? You know, are you into like Kubrick films and like, is that the way you like to frame things or, you know? Um, so I guess my, I, I think there is some kind of common thread in my work, Jamie. Definitely. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that there must be. I think it's, um, again, I'd struggle to like put my actual finger on like the yeah. exact, I like the, for some people it's like, you know, it'd be like a portrait photographer yeah. or something like I'm a live photographer. It's not that. Yeah. Um, it's definitely it's, like it's 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 a human aspect. I think of the arts that you work with, like yeah. something out. Yeah, it, it, it's a it's a very interesting question, and it, it, it's seemingly like the million dollar question that none of us know really. Um, because I again, Louis Brown on the, on the last gatekeeper that I did on, on Monday, um, he was talking about his his experience of of being an English photographer and moving to the US and working for US clients. And they were saying how that his photography is like really English, like quote unquote, which is like very funny to like probably me and Jamie because like, I don't know what that looks like. But then I guess if you put like, you know, you put like, I don't know, um, Playboy Carty's photographer next to like Skepta's photographer, there is like a, diff there is like a, there's like a similar vibe, but there's like a different vibe because it's Americans and, and, it's, and it's British. Um... I'd say, like, like, from my perspective, and Jordan, like, please jump in. I'm sorry if I'm just like, no. something then. Um, I, I don't think you should ever not shoot something because of you're worried how it would look on your own Instagram. Yeah. Like, because if there's an opportunity which, like, you don't feel comfortable doing, you shouldn't do it. But I don't think you should ever say no to working with someone or like go out and shoot something which you've never done before for the sake of it. Like Jordan, for example, on the opportunity with the dance but it could have been like, ah man, that's really not like kind of my father haven't felt like that something like that for a long, long time. Mm. Or I just haven't done it before at all. Um and I'd like to think George you enjoyed the shoot or you'd like what came out. Of it, yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
like trying I wouldn't get too bogged down in how like if it is more of like how it's going to be perceived on your social media because at this point I feel like the minute you I said this to you yesterday Jordan I feel like in life like the minute we all feel like we we've got to a point where we stopped learning is when you just stop like because you just should be always like growing and learning and like taking on new things and like um so I wouldn't I wouldn't try to get too bogged down in it I think you naturally will find a narrative within your work which will become very like Connery's style of shooting. Yeah, like, I you limit yourself at this point. Yeah, I, I think that's important to say. I mean, how, how old are you, Connery? Uh, twenty-four. Yeah. Sorry, twenty-five. Twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> Wishing he was younger already. I know. I know uh, the deal. Yeah. <laughs> that's what happens when you get twenty-five. Of course, man. <laughs> of course. Um, so th- there's plenty of, of room to like maneuver. Like this, there's a, there's a lot of time to kind of if you don't feel like you have it yet, there's plenty of time to find what that looks like. Um, I mean that that's not to say that like you you will sit here and do nothing forever and then it will come to you one day and you're like oh yes I am this photographer no like you you, you find your style from like shooting a lot and and, and kind of find finding out what you what you enjoy and what you like and 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 whatever and I think you get more confident in terms of um bringing that identity to clients and clients wanting that identity in their own work kind of thing yeah um like i i've definitely been booked for commercial work in the past because um it's like you know quote unquote authentic you know the kind of stuff that i do is like very very real or you know that's the kind of language that's been used in the past Mm -hmm. um so yeah, I I think you just need to be confidence is really key with this. Uh, I think if you can just consume a lot of media, consume a lot of culture, figure out what you like, and you know that that can that can look like loads of things, man. Um, whether that's painting or like anime or games or or, or film or or books or architecture or whatever, you know those things can always be translated into photography. Um, do, does sorry sorry to cut you off for no, a second, but does specifically Jamie like previously you said oh I like when I'm looking for artists to work with, like I like seeing this kind of like relatively clean. You like understanding the vision when you you know hit the Instagram page like oh this is this person's personality or whatever. How does that then filter into the uh, this question? I guess as far as like should it be about posting the things that that i love or should it be about kind of like filtering a little bit from a commercial standpoint art aside from a commercial standpoint can i can i just jump in before jamie does yeah i think i think posting shit you love will always come through a lot more authentic agree i think posting i think i think that there is a balance but i think photographing things that mean something to you will always you will just photograph it better because like because it because it means more than just the photo it means more than just the the action the action of taking a photo so for example i um in 2017 i think it was there was the, the first ever um strike against mcdonald's for the workers here um, and my, my politics is kind of left-leaning and, you know, and la 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 whatever. So I decided, because that was an important thing to me, that I then went and did, like, a portrait, um, uh, you know, uh, 
project on the people that were that were protesting um, against McDonald's uh, for for better wages and better uh, working conditions and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. And like they're some of my, they're, they're very simple photos, but they're some of my favorite photos that I've taken because I know that there was something very special to me and something very kind of like. It was larger than the photo itself. Yeah, um, yeah, the vision. Yeah, exactly, man. Um, so yeah, not to get too cool. Oscar Wilde about it, but I think, um, I think that's my uh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> I think that I think that's kind of good. You're right. Like, it doesn't. It, it might not be an overall theme that ends up getting a job. It might be one photo. It might be like, I love this photo so much. Like, and that's the thing that you're like, wow, I want to work with this person. Um, I also don't want I'm content. I hope everyone doesn't get too bogged down on that word clean. Like mm. it's from like like from an artist perspective from a design perspective, like I personally like love like scandy stuff, like looking stuff like again that doesn't mean that someone's gonna get booked for a job if their page is looking scandy. It just means that like when I'm on like social media or something like that might stand out to me. Um but yeah. Scandi- Sorry. Like, like Scandinavian. Oh God, Johnny, I'll tell you like, what's like Scandinavian? Like, um, I don't know, like, like you know, Danish kind of, yeah, Danish, yeah, Swedish, yeah. Finnish, uh, kind of, kind of, uh, very Just never cool. Never heard anybody say Scandi. Yeah. Maybe that's a European thing, Jamie. Isn't it? Yeah, it's obviously like short for Scandinavian. Um, gotcha. But, mate, yeah, post the stuff that you love and you're most proud about, and it will absolutely shine through. Like, as Jordan says, like that's the most important thing, and it's also why we all want to work in creative fields, right? Is to like capture stuff that we love and are really passionate about. Like, that will always outweigh what your feed looks like. Like, yeah. So sort of, it's a there's, there's no truer like it's an art form in the day, and that's the truest thing. Same with music. Same with Photography, same with anything. Yeah. In the art. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to, to answer your question, Corey. Absolutely. Cool. cool. Thank you so much, bro. Yeah, no worries. Much appreciated. Thank you. Now, Thank you. last but not least, my man Braden. Sorry for keeping you last. It wasn't yeah, a no personal worries, yes. thing. Uh, it just figured out that way. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to ask quick um, can you talk a little bit about just some of the challenges that you've come across working with artists? What are some of the biggest difficulties and that kind of thing. Sure, yeah, yeah. I think um, obviously for uh, hashtag legal reasons, we won't be naming anybody. Yeah, no specifics, um, no specifics. But um, yeah, I think what I, 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 I can start, Jeremy, if you, if you want. Sorry, I kind of started without asking you. <laughs> I think one of the biggest things that I found and is a bit of a common thread that happens on um, commercial stuff is... If you're if you're a photographer on a video shoot, you are one of the the, the client will tell you that you're that you are like really important and blah, 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 but you're not. You you're like one of the least important people on the shoot, right? So they will be like, right, we've got ten images that we need, right, for for, for the for the whole um, project, and uh, you have forty seconds to get it at the end of the shoot. So what I've had in the past is, uh video wraps for the day it's it's been an eight hour day everyone goes yay that, that's a wrap yay and then i have to go oh um just 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 quick one we just need to do a couple more bits and then you you you're like you're getting the artist at like the drag end of the day um i have combated that though in that because that was happening 
happening to me a lot. Um, but I've combated that through kind of like talking to the producer on the shoot and outlining exactly what I need and uh, talking to the client because at the end of the day, they also want it. You know, like it, it doesn't make sense for them to not get the stuff. Um, so I think like flagging the problem isn't ever like a bad thing. I don't think because I, again, Jamie, you, you can probably back me up on this. Like, I think you would rather me come up to you like during a shoot and be like, "Oh, this isn't working. What can we do about it so that we can achieve the bigger goal?" Rather than being like, "No, no, no, it's it's all fine. I I, I promise it's all good," and then just not delivering. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. I think I think the first thing I'll say like <clears throat> in terms of work with artists is that genuinely like I think I've, I've, I've always had overwhelmingly positive experiences with mm. artists like, I think the narrative of the nightmare artist is actually one which is slightly exaggerated yeah especially if the artist is like being listened to and like being understood and yeah. being like respected like like any creative like like everyone wants to be you know respected and treated and um, I think like from a from like a commercial client perspective I think I'm very fortunate. Like, like work at Spotify and as a brand, um, you know, quite a lot of the time it's not too much of an ask for artists to want to like work, especially in the creative classes that we do. Like, for example, with Jordan, um, like getting a hero shot, which might be something around them with a logo involved, like a live show, for example. Yeah. I think for some commercial work and applying this question across the board, and Jordan, I don't know if you've had this in other shoots you've done, I can imagine there'd be it could be challenging to try and like when clients try and push like the brand so far to the front. Oh yeah. The artist can then the artist feels quite uncomfortable. I can yeah. imagine that would be in a more general sense uh, like a challenging thing. Yeah, um, I, I I think that speaks to like a larger conversation in terms of like communication is just so like communication can can like literally evade every single problem that will that will arise like like you were just saying jamie in terms of like trying to push the brand too hard like i've literally seen shoots be cut like there there and then because the the client is like oh no like more more branding more branding more branding and the artist is like whoa like chill out and then like them just being a bit too heavy on it and then the, the, the you know I, i've seen them kind of just be like yeah now nah, I'm not going to do this <laughs> kind of thing and then like that looks bad on like everyone including me because I haven't got the imagery or anything like that um, so I think yeah I think communication on, on all on all things can mostly get over most times it's like it's like anything though man like it's like relationships with friends or, or, or significant others or whatever like if you if you can just talk through things like they will generally find a way to, to figure themselves out obviously shoots and stuff have like time restraints and stuff so hopefully those things don't arise but you know and you, you will get better at them the more you do it because they become less panicky like the ninth time it happens you know what I mean the first time it happens is fucking scary sure. but like yeah you, you definitely get better at doing it and again like we talked about this a little bit earlier but like from where I come with all the creatives that I shoot it's very artist first so I right mm. we don't we have to have difficult conversations like that because it's always about the artist um I think another way that um, people, some creatives in general, can sometimes I've noticed um, can have difficulty is when a creative comes at something with a so this is a, in, in this situation, let's say a photographer comes at it with a really specific vision that they have 
for the artist. And again, back to Jordan's point of communication. If that vision from the photographer is actually more the photographer's vision rather than the actual artist's vision, and that can then start to be this like kind of no, not logging of heads, but just a difference in opinion as to how it's being. I can't stress enough how like really thinking about what's going to be best for the artist and creatively like what is best for them as a centering thing and mm. kind of goes a bit back to Connery's question um, in that trying to yeah having that central narrative be the artist um, if you're doing that from the from the very beginning I feel like you're going to come into less issues but I do know there's some like, video directors for example who will come up with the entire idea in their head and not want to move from that, no matter what like, they've got the idea, that's how they want it to look. And that will definitely cause issues working with artists who obviously might not want to slot exactly into what this idea that someone else has had. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think I think you, you're allowed the license to do that when you're, um, you know, Wes Anderson and Kubrick and, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, but I think whilst we're all on the kind of the path to, to, to other things, I think, yeah, I think the before before you have like such a iconic style that people desperately want to be part of, I think it's always a kind of collaborative creative thing that you both work towards. I think I, I think that's a good way to think about it. That it's always a collaborative effort to arrive at a, a, a place that, you know, solely you couldn't get there but together you can you can both definitely get there um i'm trying to think of like more specific examples really um but i think that is kind that is kind of it really in terms of where a lot of the issues arise from um Jordan, we talked about it earlier like it's being a good person like yeah I, yeah so why like, i don't want to make jordan blush here so much of what I love working with Jordan is because he's a really great bloke. Like I can really trust him. And when we're on shoots, and no matter how high like pressure it might be, or like how little time you have, like I know that Jordan's going to conduct himself and in a respectful manner and treat everyone around him with respect. And that is such a huge thing. I think, like I bet if people have more ego, they they can end up having more challenging experience with artists or yeah. um, like. But if you, again, like it comes back to that of like respect and. Um, yeah, just being a good person, like it really does, like make a huge difference when working with other creatives, because you know it's what everyone just wants to be respected and treated with like kindness, you know. Exactly. Kill your ego. Twenty twenty one. Kill your ego. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys. I really appreciate that insight. Of course, man. Thank you so much, Frozen. Much appreciated. Well, that's all the questions, Jamie. Well, how about that? You... Was there any other that come up, like, from hearing... Obviously, we've done this, like, a, everyone said a question, and has there been any, like... I know it's, like, Skype and Zoom and stuff, but people you don't want to always jump in when we're fully flow. So mm. if there's any other little things that come up off the back of any answers, I'm happy to... Have a second. Well, j just before anybody jumps in, and if you want to get a bit of confidence uh, whilst I'm saying this. Um, so M Mackenzie, who hasn't made the call, um, so I'll, I'll ask the question, Jamie. Um, so Mackenzie, I, I'm reading this word for word, so if uh, it doesn't make sense, this is Mackenzie's fault, not mine. Um, as an expiring... Oh, I've, I've messed up already. Fantastic. As an, as an aspiring creative executive, how does one stand out in an industry where so many people aspire to participate in. 
Now, th this second half of the question is maybe something that I want to concentrate on rather than the first half. But it says, at a time where the hustle or the side hustle has become the norm, how do you allow yourself to be inspired and successful? Now, we don't have to go as deep into this as we have on the other question, but I think I... The hustle is such a funny thing to me. It's kind of... I think it's a... Uh, no disrespect to, to our guests here. Um, I think it's it's a very American thing that has kind of like come into the world in terms of like the hustle, in terms of like when you sleep we eat. You know that kind of that kind of shit. It's like so stupid. Um, I I think in terms of like the hustle, like yeah, sure, like make sure you can pay your rent and like make sure you can eat food and shit, but. I, it depends what your hustle is. Like I, you know, is is the hustle with a with a viewpoint like making tons of cash? Then you're probably in the wrong job. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You need to go and work at Wall Street or or, or whatever. Um, or is you know, I I don't know what that hustle looks like, but um, hmm. Glad we asked this question though, because I think <clears throat> I think there is a, there's a lot to be said for. It's not side hustle from a financial perspective, as, as Jordan said. It's more like applying, having like multiple creative outlets yeah. to what you're doing to stay fresh. So, like for me, for example, I actually have a couple of old film cameras, um, and I shoot like photography myself. Now, like a couple of bits might end up on like I might send to Jordan or send to friends, but they're not. I'm not doing like shooting stuff as a photographer, like fresh photographer. It's not what I'm doing it. The reason I do it is because A, I love it. B, it like really like helps me continue to like learn and like grow. It also like helps on that like, practical level. Like it helps me understand more about like film photography. Mm. But it's been more of like an appreciation of the craft and like helps me as a commissioner as well. Like knowing the sort of like vibe that I want, having a bit of an understanding of it. Um, but the I think that is a really important thing to like that's just a separate outlet to my day-to-day -day role like I don't yeah. need to be a photographer for my job but I do it as like a, a creative outlet and that really helps me in my other job so I guess you could call that a side hustle it's not a hustle in the sense that it's yeah th th this, is, this is kind of you, you you've explained it a lot better than I have but this is kind of what I was getting at. so it's like your, your hustle doesn't need to be like a money-making thing it can just be like like a yeah a personal betterment thing like it it's been funny because um i i first picked up a guitar in march and like since like trying to learn guitar i've like i've now like gone back and watched videos of 1975 of like tours that i've done with them and stuff and i'm like holy fuck they can play guitar like really good <laughs> whereas like before like because you're like because you, you've got no context of like what they're doing it's kind of hard it's not hard to appreciate because I appreciate that it's good, fine. But in terms of like the physicality of like doing the solo that Han's doing or, or or whatever, from actually doing it personally, I can I know now going back into a tour, I'm gonna be like, holy shit, this is <laughs> you know these guys can can play, man. This is this is great. Um, I think that's what you were just saying about in terms of photography, Jamie. That maybe you know when when you actually shoot and stuff, maybe your expectations of a photographer maybe change because you know what that entails um you know there's nothing more frustrating for me than when like a client's like i want this this and this and this and blah, blah, blah. and you're like 
oh my god like this is you know like you're asking me like an insane amount of things because you don't understand the process of it so i think yeah i think that, i think that's a nice way to turn it on its head jane i think i think having a, a hobby that you're not monetizing uh that will help you in the long run is, is cool yeah i mean other creative outlets will actually help you in your in what you're doing are amazing like um, I know a lot of people in lockdown, like going back to this thing when they suddenly had time, like photographers who had photographers suddenly like started using like video cameras, like camcorders and like having a little play around on that. And like, again, they might not end up becoming a video director, but like what they've then got on a shot on video actually might feed back and help from something they do on the still side. Yeah, so. yeah definitely, man. Definitely. I, it's funny, it's funny you should say that actually. I've been, um, I've documented most of this year on my like little VCR. And it's like it's going to be very funny to look back on it because again, like I kind of mentioned earlier, everything's so um, quick now. Is that like, you know, the meme that was funny literally eight hours ago now isn't funny, um, but now it's funny to look back on. I haven't actually looked back on any of the footage yet, but I remember like there was. This is going to make me sound mad corny, but like I remember being in the garden and it was super warm and we had like a barbecue going on and there were like the like the coals are like lighting on fire. And I was like, I just filmed it. And then, like, the news had come through about um, George Floyd and uh, in terms of, like, how that was happening and stuff. And so I just, I just like, talked over the video. I was like, oh, like, you know, th this guy called George Floyd is, you know, um, has been killed in America and, and there's, like, riots and stuff and, like, the world's on fire. And, like, I had this kind of, like, very interesting like, visual cue for that. And um, it's going to be sick to, like, look back on it and, and, and that's and that's just been like a very simple like I don't feel like I'm like exerting all this creative energy doing it but it's been really nice to do and I know that looking back on it it's going to be something interesting for I don't know, for other people to watch maybe I don't know. yeah I'm looking forward to seeing it so. yeah, man. You get, there's there's a very fun there's very funny footage of me so I've, I I won't go into this because this is very boring but I've lost I've lost quite a bit of weight over over lockdown there's a part there's a bit where I'm like sat without my t-shirt on, shaving my head for the first time with a, with the clippers I just bought. And I'm like quite overweight and I'm like filming myself and I was like, fuck man. I'm gonna look back on that and be like, damn dude. <laughs> I'm glad you uh, I'm glad you found a place where you could do uh... the, the film stuff that I had shot, that like I found actually this half frame camera. So mm. I don't know if any of you guys have like shot on half frames or even know what a half frame camera is, but I found, that's what it's called, like a half frame camera from the, I think must from the eighties. And the way that it's the way that it's done, it was basically done out of the fact to save money. And my granddad, who's no longer with us, was penny pinching because what it does is instead of having like the normal like one of thirty two or whatever, it cuts it, so you end up having half photo, and you can develop it, so you develop them on top of each other. It's amazing because you're kind of you're thinking about what you've just shot for your next shot, mm. and they appear on top of each other. Mm. I've sent I think Jordan, I sent you a couple. He did. Mad. They're really beautiful, man. Yeah, yeah. But like again, like came from experimentation. Like normally, like I wouldn't even have time if we hadn't gone back to my parents' house for like you know, which I hadn't done since I was seventeen, and gone through the loft and found this old like video camera, like um, half frame. It was um, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, man. Well, um, I think that's kind of it. I mean, I, if anybody wants to take up Jamie's uh, very lovely offer of expanding on anything that we've spoken about, then please speak up now. But if not, I will... Can I take that offer up? Uh, no. 
Sam. <laughs> of course. Send it. Go on. This is kind of related to the half frame thing, actually. Yeah. Um, this is a question that I was kind of wondering specifically with you, Jamie, working in like the streaming uh, area. How 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 do you see like f- formats changing as far as photography goes for specifically streaming? Like with the with you know, obviously we're not doing like inlets as much as we are doing you know uh carousels now how do you see that transforming and what do you see being really effective um and it's related to the half frame thing because i've been shooting half frame for like the past couple of years specifically because they're vertical and i can mm-hmm. shoot for instagram stories um, on film real cheaply mm-hmm. um um but yeah how do you what do you see as like from your vantage point as far as like Spotify and streaming goes, how do you see this affecting like what sort of assets as a, a creative director should be bringing to the table? I t- I, sorry, I'm, I'm going to jump in very, very quickly. We, we've just worked on a project that basically answers that question. Hey, Jamie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, because uh, am I right in thinking you're kind of asking what the formats are like because there's like less physical, like, album stuff to put photos on basically yeah it's yeah, just yeah. new ways of presenting yeah yeah, yeah. so um so jamie I, I mean again correct me if i'm wrong jamie so at spotify they were doing they're doing like um like specific artwork for for playlists and singles and stuff like that um yeah there's a story like the storyline thing for big yeah 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 we just like there's a new thing where if you swipe up when you're listening to um, an album or something, there's a thing called like storylines, and you can flick through this additional context from the artist. So if you go and listen to the BBDB's debut album, you'll see it, and all the beautiful stills there were shot by George. Um, also, like stuff like even like Canvas, there's a thing called Canvas, which is like when you're listening to some um, music on Spotify, instead of it being like the album artwork of the square, it's for visual, like. Um, seven second loop um i would love to be able to tell you what the like futuristic format stuff are i personally don't know uh in in that like i don't think any i think i think these things just change and you have to be fluid as as these things happen and really like enjoy the experimentation as you do it um because mm-hmm. i because I, mean, yeah. I, I was also thinking about the stuff we did for vistas okay you it know was, you know in, in, in terms of just the the kind of the artwork that we did on the that would appear on the um on the bits and bobs that we did oh what with it within the actual sort of by singles yeah 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 like did it, did, did it end up being like funny specs and stuff i can't really remember to be honest with you uh, i think it was, i think it was pretty standard but like yeah i mean like one thing as a from a client perspective is we are now always asking creatives to bear certain formats in mind and that changes that list of deliverables it looks very different now and it used to look two years ago and it will no doubt look very different in two years time mm. um, and I guess like as a creative being open and one like it's, it's like amazing to hear that you've said like you already started shooting on half frame because it gives you a chance to showcase an Instagram story it's like wow like brilliant um yeah so being open to when when these things come up um I don't yeah, as I said, I don't really know, I, I don't really know what the future format's going to look like. I think it's embracing the and when they do come through. Like. Yeah, I think I think I think that's the answer, isn't? It? I think it's just being willing to be like, yep, yeah, sure, <laughs> fine, let's do that. 
you know, and enjoying that experimentation process yeah. as, as as you're um, as you're doing it. Yeah, I, that, I don't have to really rubbish answer your question, Connor. I wanted some insider baseball stuff, you know, about <laughs> Spotify's <laughs> new sixteen by sixteen. <laughs> that was perfect. That's perfect. Cool. <laughs> Cheers, bro. Um, well, I, th- I think that's it, man. I think we've made it through unscathed, Jamie. I think, I think, I think we're out the other side. I don't think there's been any Mortal Kombat KO uh, going um, on. So that's thank good. you guys for joining and asking such great questions. Yeah, it's man. Such a great experience. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you all for coming, man. It's much appreciated. Um, if you can, you know, uh, at us on, on the, the, the Twitter and the Instagram and stuff always helps massively because it shows that people are actually doing it and it's interesting and it's not scary and I'm nice and my guests are nice. Um, yeah, just really helps. And uh, yeah, again, thank you so much for coming. Jamie, if you stay on the call, uh, cool. if the rest of you, uh, thank you so much and hopefully I'll see you around soon. Cheers, guys. Peace. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, man. Bye. Thank you so much. Peace out. Bye.